I just want to go to the prom with Poindexter <laughs> <laughs> in my Cinderella gown. In your Cinderella gown? Yeah, that's a great game. Hey, bro, it's Shirley Bruce. And Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a- another episode of And the Winner Is. We are your hosts. I'm Joey. And I'm Jen. And this is a podcast about things that we like. Indeed, and sometimes even things we don't. Today's episode is all about board games. But first, we have to do some housekeeping items from our Christmas songs episode. Okay, nice. <laughs> because we've got some we've got some feedback. Some mint suggestions. Yes. So Ian from the President Unicorn podcast, as you all know, because you all listen to it, um, let us know that there's a rendition of Silent Night by Miley Cyrus. And I listened to it this morning and it it blows Lauren Daigle out the water. What? Yeah, it's way better. Wow. I guess but, that's not surprising. I love Miley Cyrus is such a great singer. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about it because it's not on Apple Music. Oh, okay. It's only on the Bill Murray Christmas special, <laughs> which is something that I would not think to watch or really have any interest in watching. Yeah. So thank you for that because it was really good. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then we had a few people reach out and mention a version of All I Want for Christmas is You by My Chemical Romance. And we love My Chemical Romance, the band. Yes. And it was weird. It, it was interesting. <laughs> is what I would say. <laughs> it it didn't seem to fit him, I guess, or like his singing style or yeah. what, what am I trying to say? I don't know. It was, just, it was maybe just, maybe it was too old school punk. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So still not sold on the song, but we appreciate the, the suggestion. Um, there was a lot of other good songs on that record. What? On that gift wrapped record you oh yeah me. so i wanted to mention that too okay. so my uncle bill sent me over um an indie rock christmas playlist called gift wrapped and it's got 20 holiday songs by 20 different artists it's like the used my chemical romance regina specter foxy shazam jack's mannequin Ooh, jack's mannequin yeah um the used song is the used one's good yeah so thanks to bill for sending that our way mm-hmm. if you're interested in some non-traditional artists singing christmas songs all right, that's all I have. There are some things that I could say about stupid things that I said in the last episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and ignore those and just move on. Plow forward. Yes. The march of progress. Yes. Now to play the game of board. What? Games. <laughs> now to play the game of and the winner is, I yeah. think. Is yes, with the theme of board games today. The theme of board games. All right. Do you have honorable mentions you want to start with, or how do you want to roll with this? Uh, I guess here's my question. I... There's so many great board games, and we're going to miss or omit so many phenomenal board games. Of course. And I know as that... As we always do. As we always do. But my list is comprised mostly of classics. And I have some other ones that I really like that are, I guess, what I'll, what I'll call modern favorites. Mm-hmm. But I guess before I mention those, I'm just wondering how much nostalgia plays into this, do you think? Um, like, do you have a lot of moderns? Every single game, with the exception of one is on here for nostalgia or I have a story about it. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like it's the same with music sometimes. And I, some of these, I'm not even sure if they're considered board games, but they're card games or they're like dice games. Yeah. I do have an honorable mention that I don't think is a board game, but I feel like at some point I need to mention it. Okay. Do you want me to do that now? <clears throat> yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. Spoons. <laughs> that's a great party game yeah it's well it's not a party game for me 
it's a cabin game. Okay. And we used to play this all the time when we were kids up at the cabin. Um, all of my parents' friends would also bring their children up. So it would be like 20 people playing spoons. Ooh. And it wasn't a game of spoons if a kid didn't leave the room crying or bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> because it got brutal in there. Is your tactic the uh, the slow play, the slow secret grab? Or is your play the like just reach in and grab it as fast as you can? I have a few different tactics. Okay. One of mine is the slow grab. Yeah. And then another one is grab one with one hand and then scatter the spoons with the other <laughs> so that people have to like like Brawl. pile on top. Yeah, yeah, I like start the fight. <laughs> That's another tactic that people don't really like. No, but I don't, understandably. <laughs> I I when I was a kid, I left the room crying a couple of times, but as an adult I'm I have stopped crying. I can see I could see you playing that game and having a lot of people accuse you of cheating. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going to play a game, this is something to know about me. If you're going to ask me to play a game, I am playing to win the game. <laughs> I'm very competitive. So that's Will why... Will you cheat to win? Sometimes. It okay. depends. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, there it, is. <laughs> it depends. But yeah, if you ask me to play a game and I say no... It's not because I don't want to play the game. It's because I'm not confident that I can win in that moment. And I only want to play if I like am pretty confident that I'll win. Yeah. So I do really love to play games, but it's just like, or like a good example is we went bowling like with work the other day. Yeah. It was like a team offsite built team building type of thing. Sure. And I did not bowl because I just <laughs> oh didn't think that I could win. And I just, if I, if I had started you're, yeah, you're competitive to the point where you won't play if you think you won't win. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like that's something, that's like an enlightened thing to know about yourself. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm not, I'm going to avoid getting too competitive in front of these people because it will only end badly for me. I see. Because you, it'll put you in a bad mood or exactly. something. Exactly. Like yeah. And I, don't, I just don't want them to see me in that light. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's right. <laughs> um, and then... I have two other honorable mentions, but they might be on your list, so I'm going to hold off. And so okay. if they come up later, then I will... Then we'll talk about them? Yeah. But if they don't, I will mention them at the end. Okay. My modern favorites, by the way, were uh, Catan, Exploding Kittens, and uh, what's it called? It's like Flapjacks and Pancakes or something like flapjacks that. Flapjacks and Sasqu Sasquatch and Flapjacks or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. so this episode would be really enhanced if my brother were here because he's like the board game card game master master yeah. he knows all the cool things so we're talking about the classics because that's what we know yeah but he always shows up to like every holiday with like some obscure new game that's super super fun it's so fun every time he brings a new one i'm, <laughs> I'm pumped to it's play. like if he doesn't bring the game or a new game, it's yeah. like, oh, it's like what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> Play one of these old games? Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact about the Exploding Kittens, I think that is the highest grossing card game on Kickstarter. Oh, really? By the wonderful artist, The Oatmeal. Oh, yeah. I never knew. Good stuff. Never knew that. Cool. I also omitted, I'll mention Magic the Gathering. Oh. Because it's more of a trading card game. Mm, yeah. But if, I'll just say, parenthetical on the side here, if that were considered a board game... That might be my number one spot. Yeah, so I'm saying board game loosely here. Okay. Because I didn't even look up the definition because then I feel like this would have taken a turn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll be another uh, 
fiasco. <laughs> yeah, uh, another uh, fast casual fast fiasco. casual fiasco. Yeah. So yeah, we just don't look at definitions anymore. <laughs> so we just leave it to our own interpretations. All right. So what do you got? Number five is apples to apples. That is also my number five. Really? Yes, it is. And it's on my list because this is something um, that my family will play in Arizona specifically. So after my parents bought their house in Arizona, we started playing apples to apples, I think because we needed a game in the house and that's the one that my mom bought. And so we play that usually at night as a family. Um, and my dad hates it (laughs) because he thinks it's rigged. And so Mm. he always thinks that the card that he throws in is absolutely brilliant. And then it never gets picked. So he gets so angry and it's so funny yeah it's because you, ha- you have to play you can't play the card that you think is best you have to play the card that the, the, person, the person selecting sh- that they think is best yeah and it's like he oh he, you gotta know your audience he doesn't know <laughs> he doesn't get that and it's so funny because then it just sort of becomes like a game within the game of like i'm gonna try not to pick my dad's card just to like <laughs> see him get all fired up yeah and it's it's so funny do you, do you think he picks the one that's most appropriate or the you know it's it's I feel like there's two ways to play. It's either you pick the funniest one or you pick the one that's most appropriate. I would say he is a highly logical individual. And he picks most appropriate. So he picks most appropriate. Even if he thinks there's like a very creative angle, yeah. he'll still just go 100% by like yeah. the rule of the land. <laughs> and it's like, nope, it says the one that goes best with this card. So yeah. that's what I'm going to pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, I don't think he's ever won. <laughs> my i had a parentheses cards against humanity because it's basically oh, that's so funny because i also look at cards against humanity is in parentheses oh. <laughs> but i've never actually played cards against humanity but it's the same concept it's just like more adult yeah it's more adult it's more uh offensive it's definitely more offensive but it's a lot funnier yeah okay they, they do this hilarious thing every black friday like some type of shenanigans like once they did this uh what was it called? The holiday hole where they just, they found a random spot and started digging a hole. And they said, as long as you're donating money, we'll just keep digging the hole for as long as you donate, you know, just the the hole will get deeper and deeper for no reason other than to dig a hole. And so people kept donating and donating. Where's the hole? Can we visit? I I think they filled it back up. against humanity hole. How (laughs) deep did it get? They called it the holiday hole. It was uh, in Oregon. Hmm. Oh no, Oregon, Illinois. That's confusing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they in in uh, 2017 they made a product, a potato chip product called the Original Prongles. <laughs> Once you pop, that's great. Was, <laughs> was the slogan? That would be a fun place to work. I feel like. Oh, that'd be so dang funny. I feel like I'd be pretty good at that. At, at working there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coming up with those cards. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, apples, to apples. All right. What's your number four? Uh, chess classic oh definitely not on my list i don't know how to play chess <laughs> what i don't know how to play chess you don't know how to play chess no my, <laughs> my mind right now is just like it's exploding now you, we when don't I was, play a lot of games you and i that's true um this so, is the only game we play and the winner is, is our game <laughs> the, I, I just can't believe this the when i was maybe eight or nine all my friends started, were starting to play chess. Maybe 10. I don't, I don't remember. 
it was probably eight or nine. Anyway, my friends were starting to play chess and I really wanted to learn how to play chess. So I thought I was being all sneaky and, and tough to figure out by wishing from Santa for a chess board that would magically teach me how to play chess as I played it. And I was like, oh yeah, Santa, you, you're not going to be able to figure this one out. How old were you? Like eight or nine. <laughs> and lo and behold, on Christmas Day, I woke up, got a chess game. And on the pieces, at the base of the pieces, were the instructions, like the move, the instructions on how Ooh, to move the Santee. piece. Santi figured it out. <laughs> and he got me aboard. So here's what I propose to you. I will bring that chess game. It's still at my parents' house. I'll go home. I'll pick it up. Okay. And we can play the eight-year-old chess together. That sounds fun. Yeah. It's not that I didn't ever want to learn. It's just we... You just never There's so many other games in our house that we played. Yeah. That chess just wasn't a priority. Chess... I feel like chess is such a... It's, it's like skiing or something where it's easy to understand. Also hate skiing. And <laughs> difficult to master. You know, I, oh, okay. I love, this is a, maybe just a weird thing, but I, I really enjoy going online and watching chess grandmasters play against each other mm-hmm. online or like play multiple people at once where they're like rook to a five and they're just playing like six games at once in their mind. Sure. Because they can just see all the pieces. Yeah. You know what I like to watch? I like to Not watch that. Ron Weasley play Wizards chess. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's way more interesting. That is way more interesting. <laughs> okay. My number four. You done talking about chess? I'm done talking about chess. Okay. Is Yahtzee. Oh, yeah. As my mom would say, Yahtzee. <laughs> okay. It's funny you mentioned your mom because this game is on my list 100% because of my mother. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, you know how there are like dad jokes? Yeah. There aren't any mom jokes, hmm. but Yahtzee for me is like the introduction of mom jokes because my, this is what my mom would always say. You know how at the top of your scorecard, it's like, it's like how many like twos, threes, fours, fives, sixes you've rolled. And then the bottom is like the full house, like the small straight, the large straight. Yeah. And like all of those bigger items. It's kind of a pain to play. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a pain, but I'm, I'm getting to the mom okay, joke okay, here. Okay, I see. I'm sorry. And so whenever my mom would like add up the total of the lower half and it was large, she would always say like, oh, I have such a big bottom. And then she would like <laughs> laugh hysterically about it. <laughs> and she still does that. Oh, that's pretty um, funny. I've got a big bob- bottom. <laughs> um, also, when she would get a Yahtzee, she'd scream Yahtzee in like this very long drawn out way. Like, Oh my God. And it was very terrifying. And it always happened at the cabin. That's the only place we would play. And we would only play when the weather was bad. It's like it was raining outside or something. Yeah. I feel like we'd play after we'd been like locked up in the cabin for a while. So like some sort of level of insanity had already set in of like cabin fever. So then once you start playing Yahtzee and then like all this weird stuff would come out of my mom's mouth. (laughs) So it's just like... (laughs) So many good memories playing Yahtzee and just my mom being super weird, which I love. I love that it's, you know, you have the anecdote that makes you love it because as you're describing Yahtzee back to me and I'm remembering playing Yahtzee, I'm now realizing I think I would put that towards the bottom of my personal list. Oh, really? Yeah, because of the reasons that you just mentioned, <laughs> the, the the shouting of Yahtzee, the rubbing it in your face that you're winning, um, <laughs> the the loud, you know, you put the die in the 
the can, I guess. I don't know the official Yahtzee terms, but you put yeah. it in there and you shake it around and it's, it's a little super, barrel. Yeah, the barrel and it's super loud. And yeah, it's all actually this, kind of an obnoxious game. Yeah, and there's all this point scoring that you've got to keep track of. Yeah. It seems, and it's yeah. like, it, there's. I don't really think there's a whole lot of skill involved. It's like you just get lucky. Yeah. Um, and like, sometimes we would play where you'd have to go in order, like in order on the scorecard. That was even harder. I feel Yahtzee is a perfect game for like a British sports network. Like, <laughs> Mary Ellen just rolled a three buck shuckle. <laughs> she'd be too she'd be too much of like a she'd cause too much of a ruckus <laughs> oh man she wouldn't be like the poised yahtzee player no she would be freaking out and screaming yahtzee in her very shrill scary way <laughs> <laughs> okay my number three is risk oh risk i've also never played risk. oh my gosh <laughs> uh, we had it growing up this is one i struggled with I, I struggled with putting either Catan or risk on here because i want you know so risk is a game that i play usually just once a year same same thing going up to my buddy mike's cabin in canada and we all play together uh, a bunch of college friends the game takes about oh it probably takes two days Ugh. to finish playing and there's so much strategy and so much investment that you put in, that you're putting into this game because you think you've got the strategy and there's all sorts of backstabbing and like alliances that happen <laughs> and you know inevitably every time you know somebody's feelings are hurt because they you know they thought they had the strategy is it sam is well sam <laughs> we have a good friend sam who <laughs> who we call boromir because he's always back, backstabbing the other players so you just can't trust him to make like a deal um you know mike who who has the cabin his strategy is always basically be allies <laughs> with everybody his strategy Perfect sense often works quite well so i don't know why we're not all adapting that strategy anyway. <laughs> because you just because boromir thinks that Maybe but that's his not way, the way it should be going to work one <laughs> yeah, of these exactly. times. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh, it's so dang fun. Anyway, <laughs> but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. It takes so long to play. It's like, you know, beginning a long journey. Yeah. It's like putting together a puzzle. It's like once you start, <sighs> yeah. you could stop, but then what was the point of starting? Yeah. Risk. Okay. So my number three, I have so many facts about this game. <laughs> Um, so this has zero nostalgia for me. It's just a fun game. And the game is Clue. Mm. The classic whodunit detective game. So it was invented in England, originally called Murder. Uh, but that was pretty <laughs> off-putting to some people. I kind of like that name. Can't imagine why. Murder. Uh, so they changed the name to, actually, in England, it was called Cluedo. Oh, that's bad. And then when it was purchased by hasbro and brought to the u.s it was changed to clue for marketing okay, purposes yeah, clue's good um but it was invented during world war ii with the intention to be used as entertainment for people stuck in shelters during air raids uh, but it took so long for the game to actually be created uh, because of like post-war shortages so it wasn't officially released until 1949 uh, but a fun fact is the inventor's wife designed the board uh, so he ended up crediting her as a co-inventor. Okay, I was going to say, with the inventor's um, wife which is designs cool. the board. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like if you so design like the board, he, yeah, he But he had the idea and all of this stuff, I and see, so okay. then she designed the board. So I thought it was cool that he was, like, 
gave her the credit. Yeah. She's for coming the, up with the board. to his jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the original game had more rooms and more weapons than it does now. Uh, so one mm. of the things, I think they had 11 rooms and now there's nine. Okay. One of the rooms they eliminated was the, uh, the gun room because <laughs> they thought it was unrelatable. Yes. To most people, it was just like seen as too elitist. But they kept the conservatory. So <laughs> you tell me what's more unrelatable, a gun room or a conservatory? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know many people who have a conservatory, and I probably know, pe- know more people with guns. But not like a dedicated gun not room. A room. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the current six weapons um, that are a part of the game are were the original six weapons, but they also had a syringe, poison, an axe, and a bomb. So those have been eliminated since, but I like this. I, I like the poison, and I also like mm-hmm. the syringe. Uh, those are those are maybe a little too close. I think you just do poison. Yeah, I can see them getting rid of bomb. Yeah, because bomb could kill like multiple people. An axe is just too gory. An a- and an axe is too gory. Agreed. Yeah, both of those could be could be nixed, but I, I think the poison is still a good a good option. <laughs> I agree. Um... Another fun fact is that the original pieces were made of lead piping. Oh, yeah. And they were, that was a little too much realism for people for a game about death. So they were eventually changed into plastic. Oh. Or just like some other type of iron or something. Is lead, exposed lead, is that also not good for you? Yeah. Or like lead paint. Yeah, lead paint, exactly. It's really bad for you. I can see the lead thing being hazard. Yeah, like a kid, you know, kids put anything in their mouths so yeah. they eat they the, lead, the lead the lead pipe you know yeah they ingest uh, a lead pipe and now they've got Mrs. lead Pe- in their system peacock in the billiards room <laughs> is billiards room one of them i can't remember billiards room is billiards one room. Yeah. okay yeah billiards room isn't really relatable with that yeah uh i think that's all my fun facts um but i like this one because you can't just play with two people it has to be played with a group mm. um I also like it because I love puzzles and figuring this out, I think is super fun. It is fun. And I would love to go to like a real murder mystery party. Yeah. My friend Sarah's mother does this in Iowa. She hosts murder mysteries at a local B&B and I really want to go sometime, but she never tells me when they're happening. I I would be willing to drive to Iowa (laughs) to attend one of these parties. You hear this? You hear this right now? I'm willing. (laughs) So tell me when the next one is and I will be there. I would only want to speak in an accent of, I would get so into it, I think. (laughs) I think we'd both get really into it. The last time we played with our friends, Luke and Lori, I think I was like, I can't remember. You were speaking. I was. (laughs) You were like Colonel Mustard or something. I was Colonel Mustard from the fourth regiment oh my gosh it was awful and then, and then luke i think was like mr Moneybanks." banks <laughs> <laughs> so anytime anybody would talk i was using the accent so oh, it's so fun yeah it was super fun <laughs> okay clue <laughs> uh number two for me is the game of life oh very interesting yeah i love the game of life and the board is so fun i was just looking at the original board it looks like a checkers board very boring uh, 1860, apparently, by none other, none other than the original Milton Bradley. Oh, good for him. But uh, then they, I think they updated it in like the 60s with uh, the 3D board. You get rewarded for things like recycling and reducing trash. In the 60s, you I get think, rewarded for recycling. Well, I think that's maybe when they updated the board and then 
in the nineties, I think is when they changed some of the other things to be more modern. Okay. Like I was recycle. going to say yeah. that there wasn't a whole lot of recycling. That was like <laughs> the sixties was the era of just like leaving your trash in the park for someone yeah. else to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, it's so fun. I love the 3d board and I just, it's, it's just so fun going through this game. It's just really fun. Man, and I think it's been so long since I've played the game of life. Great game. I love the game of life. Cool. Yeah. All right. My final two, I think they're considered board games. Um, but my number two is backgammon. Mm. This game, you, the face you just gave me is like the face of boredom. <laughs> All I want to do, the second you said backgammon, I just want to, like, you, you need to hand me a Werther's and some some teeth. I love a Werther's. <laughs> I don't have teeth to I give you. I love to play the backgammon. I do. This is another game that reminds me of my mom, because I used to play with this with her all the time. And now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun fact, it's one of the oldest known board games. History can track it back 5,000 years to the Middle East, which is cool. If you don't know, do you know how to play? I've played with you once or twice, yes. Backgammon or cribbage? Oh, both are. <laughs> okay. Which one's the one with the, like... The pegs? No, yeah, you, you shout, like, hard on or something. But, like that. Oh, that is nothing. That is no, not a game. No, it's like jacks or, like, hard. Are you talking about knobs? Knobs! <laughs> <laughs> There's no shouting of knobs. Let me... <laughs> Which game is that? That's cribbage. Oh, and that's, that's my, cribbage. That's my number one, so I'll get there. Okay. Just hold on. <laughs> so, backgammon. I will tell you how to play backgammon. Okay, okay. It's a two-player game, <laughs> and each player has 15 pieces, and you move the pieces on 24 triangles around the board. And according to the way you roll these two dice, and the objective is to be the first person to move all of your... They're basically like checkers pieces around the board and off of the board and i used to play this all the time with my mom during the summertime we had this really old really cool backgammon board and i want to ask her if she still has it uh because i would i would love to have it um (laughs) it (laughs) it came in this like little mini burgundy colored leather like mini briefcase looking thing and when you opened it up it was like fabric on the inside and then there were these gray and burgundy checkers pieces um, that we would use to play the game. And one of the gray ones was missing, so we used a nickel. Uh, but I remember playing it in our living room in the summertime when it was like too hot to be outside. And we would play and we would watch movies like The African Queen. Like these <laughs> old, old movies on yeah. TV. Um, I don't know. And then later on, like my mom converted this old table that we had into like this giant backgammon board. Like she made it, yeah. and, like painted it. And that was pretty sweet it's pretty sweet setup and she made it yeah okay that's I mean, cool. it's not very challenging i don't think it's just a matter of like painting it mm-hmm. um she's very detail-oriented though so she did, she did a good job yeah. i bet that board doesn't exist anymore but if that burgundy briefcase version burgundy briefcase backgammon nice very nice whoa um and hold on why else do i love backgammon because my favorite tv show lost has many backgammon references oh. throughout the TV show. One of my favorites is during, it's either during the pilot or the second episode, a backgammon board from the plane wreckage like washes up on shore. And the little boy, Walt, asks John Locke like how to play. And he goes, two players, two sides, 
one light, one dark. And he like puts the pieces like really close to his face and the camera like zooms in. And it's like he's explaining how the game works, but he's also explaining like what the entire show is about. Yeah, I do really like that. Here's another take on it that I just that just dawned on me. Oh, I can't wait. This is the game that you play in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Jobin. Uh. It's so fun. And there's so many other backend backgammon references throughout the show. So anyway, I love backgammon. It's super fun. I haven't played in a very long time. Yeah, you know what? Maybe it's just maybe I haven't had enough exposure. I just need to play it a bit more. I don't and think you've ever slow. played it. You were talking about cribbage. No, but I, I'm pretty sure I've also played backgammon. Okay, well, maybe if I find that little <laughs> burgundy briefcase, we'll play. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll play this all day. Do you want to talk about cri- cribbage now? Just go right into it. Or do you want me to say my? You can say your number two or your number one. Am I? Am I number? I don't know I, where you are. Yeah, I'm at my number one. Okay. My number one is Monopoly. Oh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> Gosh, I love Monopoly. Really? Oh, yeah. I just love Monopoly so much. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the, the, the biggest things, the biggest reasons I love Monopoly, I really like that the rules <laughs> kind of change as you go. I just think that's hilarious that like at some point in the game, somebody is going to be, try to be like conniving and come up with some stupid plot, you know, <laughs> you know, to, to win. Explain more. Um, you might say something to the effect of, uh, let me buy this property and I won't charge you if... Oh, like when trades and like deals come into it. I'm not going to charge you if you land on it this next time or something like that. Which of course... Like if you give me Marvin Gardens. If you give me Marvin Gardens, the next time you go around, if you land... For the next two times you go around, if you land on Marvin Gardens... I won't charge you. I won't charge you. Now, of course, I don't think you can actually do that because if somebody, <laughs> technical details here, but if somebody lands on it, you have, you have to pay rent. But in theory, they could just gift you the money back. Exactly. Or you could just draw up a contract real quick, put it in writing. <laughs> exactly. I just love those little mini deals. It's, it's very true to life. Yeah. Once you, yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, so everybody's trying to out deal the other person. Uh, and I, I just really like that. Um, oh man, I remember playing that game growing up. <laughs> With my brother. This game Talk always Talk about ends. a competitive human being. If I'm competitive, he's like next, next level. level. And like there were many times where like hands would just swipe all the pieces off the board and someone would storm out of the room. Oh, this is absolutely a game that ends in the game being flipped over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever completed a game of Somebody's, Monopoly. Somebody is going to end up pouting. <laughs> Enemies will be made. Friends will be lost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With Monopoly. Families will be ripped apart. <laughs> um, one other thing I really like about Monopoly, it's a little known fact. Well, at least I think it's a little known fact. Most people I know that play Monopoly don't play this way. But there's an auction rule. And the auction rule is basically when you go around the board and you land on, um, let's say you land on um, Illinois or something, a, a, a red or an orange piece or a property. If you decide not normally, you have the option to buy it right then and there. Mm-hmm. But if you decide you don't want to, then the property goes up for auction by the bank. Most people just say, okay, well, you we'll only just keep get, going. We'll just keep going. Nobody gets to, to purchase this. But it actually goes up for auction is the oh. true rule so that anybody now gets to bid on it. So you start from the bottom. And so this totally oh, changes. Yes. And so the, the, the pace is way faster 
because oftentimes Monopoly games take very long oh, to play. Oh, that's a way better way to play. Yeah, the, which yeah, and that's the real way to play. And so the, the game goes way faster, and then you also get these properties for discounted rates. So then you have to decide for yourself, like, hmm, I have the chance to just buy this outright at basically higher than the property is potentially worth to prevent others. Or I could open it up for auction mm. and risk somebody else getting it. But they, you know... Sure. But they might be willing to pay more than I am to get this property. So it's just, it just introduces a, a new level of complexity. That's interesting. Yeah. I've never played that way. Exactly. Um, okay, so I've got kind of two interesting facts. Everybody wants Boardwalk. Yep. Which is, yeah, the most expensive property in the game. However, it's the 14th most landed on. So Boardwalk is not a very good investment. Uh, Illinois Ave, though, kind of, the, or, or basically any of the orange and red properties. I feel like I land on those every time. Like, you yes. can't avoid landing on those. Yes, those are the ones that are most likely to be landed on. Mm. I think those are opposite from, from Go. Um, kind of the, the mid-range properties. But because they have the highest rate of landing on, um, their return rate is some of the highest. Uh, or, or, you know, you're, you're likely to get your money back with those. But mm. you don't get a ton of money with those. So those are probably the smartest plays in the game. Green apparently has the highest rate of return, but that's a slower gamble. That's like Pennsylvania Avenue, I think. Yes, I think it's just past red. Yeah, it's it's I maybe think, one yeah, or two before boardwalk. Orange, or yellow, and then green. Exactly. It kind of goes in rainbow order, I yeah, just or, realized. Yeah. A little bit. You could wait it out and then totally bankrupt everybody at one time towards the end of the game and mm. force them to basically sell off their stuff. But that's kind of the long bet. That's the gamble. But if you end up gambling right, you get all your money back very quickly. You know what else I really liked? That's that's very good. That's a good hot tip right there. Hot we tip. play play Monopoly later. Uh, final fact. Monopoly for Millennials just released. It's one of the hot new holiday gifts for the season. For Millennials or for anybody? Well, it's, yeah, it's probably <laughs> geared towards Millennials. Millennials are the most likely to buy it. Um, and I think that it was released for $20. So it's not that expensive. And they've, they've changed some of the rules. So like instead of playing for cash, you're pay- playing for experiences. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you, you know, uh, sleeping on your friend's couch or going to a vegan bistro or a week-long Mediterranean retreat, things like that. <laughs> You're playing for experiences. Oh, it just makes us sound awful. And so that's kind of the thing. It's a mix of the kind of the novelty of it, but people have also said it's pretty mean spirited uh, because you're not really because you're not playing for cash. Actually, one of the things they say in the box is forget real estate. You can't afford it anyways. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I could tell you why we can't afford it. Yeah, but let's not get into that. <laughs> um, so because of that, you know, lots of people wanted to get this game, and so there were. Uh, you know, those folks that go out and buy all these board games, they would go to like the Walmarts and buy up every copy in the store and then sell them for, you know, 60 to $80 on eBay. And it's not a very millennial thing to do. <laughs> no, but, but they were making like $2,500 in a weekend. So that's a that's good, crazy. that's a way to make some extra cash this holiday season. I suppose and that's how you can afford the real estate. Yeah, exactly. Buy up all Monopoly buy up for all millennials. Monopolies. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> One of the uh, the Amazon reviews said something to the effect of like, now I now I have to buy this for $60. I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice my avocado toast for this. <laughs> you know what? Avocado toast is delicious. It is. I don't know what people have against avocado toast. I know. 
You put like some roasted <laughs> chickpeas on there and some hot sauce. It's good. And I'm just ta- I'm just saying, those are all the healthy fats you need right there. <laughs> good protein. Okay, my number one. Your number one. As has been revealed already. Yes. Cribbage. Invented in the 1600s in England. What a time to be alive <laughs> during the invention of cribbage. Oh my gosh. Um, the crickets are chirping. You know what? You don't like it just because you're not very good at it. Oh, shots fired. That's what it is. Anyway, um, a perfect score in a hand of cribbage is 29, but it's really hard to get. It's that final point for knobs, as you were mentioning before. That's tricky. Do you remember what knobs is? And you don't shout it, by the you way. You shout knobs. That's <laughs> never happened. Do you remember what knobs is? I have no idea. I can't remember. It's so it's such a complex game. Knobs is when you have a jack in your hand that matches the suit of the turn-up card. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when you cut the deck and you yeah. flip the card over, that, that card is the turn-up card. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a jack of diamonds in your hand and the turn-up card is like a five of diamonds, that's how you get knobs. Got it? I got it. Okay. I just, you were looking at me like, oh, maybe you're just bored because you, you hate this game so much. <laughs> What does knobs get you? Again, an extra point. An extra point. So that's like the final piece to the perfect hand. So like you can get 28, not easily, but like semi-easily if you have the right cards in your hand. But the final point is knobs to get a 29 hand. Okay, yeah. Um, I think you're going to really like chess because you really like in these complex... I like complex like number strategy, strategy games. games. Yeah. So I've never gotten a perfect hand in cribbage but i have gotten a 24 so i came close that doesn't mean anything to me um also when i was researching (laughs) i'm ignoring you when i was researching facts about cribbage i learned about a rule that i've never played by but i think i'd really love it's called muggins (laughs) (laughs) which means your opponent can claim points that you fail to score or you miss peg on the board so I'm super detail oriented when it comes to playing games like this. Oh, this would annoy the heck so out of me. So you would, yeah, you would miss points, and then I could say, "Oh, you forgot to count your pair, or you forgot to count that run, or you forgot to count that all of your the cards in your hand are the same suit." Yeah. So I get to steal those four points. It's like a technical foul or something. Basically, um, so that I think I'd be the master of muggins. <laughs> so that gonna, has to be the most annoying way to earn points. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm going to tell my dad about that. I think he would really enjoy that. You didn't pick up your pencil with your left hand. <laughs> A deduction of two points. <laughs> Via the muggins clause. Um, <laughs> so this is like, this is my favorite game because of that nostalgia purpose again. My dad taught yeah. me how to play cribbage at the cabin when I was really young, and that was the game that my whole family would play. So we would all just get really into it. And then my dad's dad, my grandpa, he made cribbage boards. So we have a cribbage board in this house right now that was made by him. That's really cool. That we should play sometime. <laughs> we should. Maybe you just you just haven't ever really... I feel I feel like once you get the rules and you... <laughs> what are you doing right now? <laughs> Once you like really get it, I think you would really like it. (laughs) Maybe there's just some games that are like, you know, certain foods like black olives. You know, I've tried black olives. Black olives are disgusting. And I just I just don't like a black olive. Can you recap your top five for me? Yes. My top five were apples to apples, chess, risk, the game of life and monopoly. Okay, and mine are Apples to Apples, Yahtzee, Clue, 
backgammon, and my winner is cribbage. Now, there are two games that you did not mention that I for sure thought were going to come up. Oh, okay. What were they? Uh, the Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus game that your mom gave us. Oh, that is a great game. Which, we don't really play it. We just read the cards to each other. They're so sexist. It's hilariously it's just like, awfully sexist. Yeah, give an example. Um. <laughs> like, while the husband is at work, what could the wife be doing at home? Is it, uh, what do you think sh- your wife would be doing at home? Cleaning. Cooking. <laughs> vacuuming or all of the above yeah. <laughs> because that's a woman's place or like it's not that heavy-handed it's, but, but it's, it's like, almost that heavy it's almost that heavy-handed so you know i'm guessing oh i guess jen is gonna be cooking you know <laughs> and you know there's no options for working in f- yeah. i have a job yeah <laughs> i'm busy like doing other things yeah ruling the world i don't know So that's not cool but but playing it is is really fun as a couple it's fun and it's like insightful because there are some questions where it's like you're trying to figure out like what your partner would say yes and so that can create like some type of conversation so we've never actually played by the rules we just like to read the cards to each other and just like guess what the other one would say yeah it's a fun quiz game for couples yeah um, and then the other one I can't believe you didn't mention was the Barbie game. Oh, that's the one that I was thinking of that I, it, it didn't even dawn on me until I got to midway through Monopoly. And I <laughs> thought to myself, how could I have forgotten Barbie? Tell everyone what the Barbie game is okay, so <laughs> and how you got the Barbie game. Yeah, okay, so my mom has one of these original copies of the Barbie game uh, with, it's like the old school board game. From when? Oh, like I, I don't the even... 60s? Yeah, like the 60s. I think it is the 60s. And the the purpose of the game is to... <laughs> I love this. <laughs> the purpose of the game is to go to prom. But <laughs> to go to prom, you've got to complete a few things. And it's four things. You've got to become president of a club. You've got to buy a dress. You've got to go steady with your boyfriend. And there's one one other thing that I can't remember exactly what it is. So, you move your, as you move around the board, it's things like, um, you wanted to buy a milkshake, you know, at, at the diner. At the local 50s diner. At the local 50s diner. Uh, lose $3. You. It's an expensive milkshake back in the 60s. Yeah, or the 50s. You, you vacuumed your neighbor's apartment. Earn $2 allowance. <laughs> and so, you're collecting this money and the money helps you to buy a dress. And there's different dresses that you can land on and pick out. So when I'll play this with my friends, it's like, no, I don't want the cheap dress. I want to go looking like Cinderella. So sometimes people will actually just, like, there's no incentive to get the more expensive dress. It doesn't get you anything aside from that it looks nicer. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like real life. It's like, yes, this one would do, but I want the nicer thing. Yeah. Um, And it's the same with... Same with the boyfriends, right? same with the boyfriends, which is terrible but they've got like poindexter right poindexter in one corner you know (laughs) who's the nerd who's the nerd blah 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 (laughs) and then in the other you know then you've got like your ken uh you know dreamboat ken and then you've got like big bob (laughs) (laughs) Bob. he's wearing like a muscle tee and you know he's got the the shaved military cut um and the same thing when i play with friends somebody will land on you know on bob or poindexter and they're like you know I gotta I'm hold just, out for Ken. I gotta hold out for Ken. I'm not into Ken. Ken's too much of a, an academic type. I want the muscly guy. <laughs> you know? Um, so, really, the best strategy is just, like, 
get the first dress you can, get the first boyfriend you can. Yes, if you're playing to win, just to get to the prom. And get to the prom. Doesn't matter who you get there with. Yep. Same with the subjects. Do you want, <laughs> you don't, <laughs> don't be choosy with your subjects. Don't be like, I want to be president of the drama club. If you're a math club, if you've been attending math club and you have the opportunity to become math club president. Yeah, it's like you're just checking you just the take, boxes. Yeah, you just take your math club president. Anyway, it's hilarious. It's super dated and it's so dang fun. I've never played that game. The Barbie game. That might be my number one spot, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's why I couldn't believe that you didn't mention it. Oh, yeah. That's such a good game. It's just so unique. It's so good. And I just think of the Barbie. And I just love that you and your friends have played the Barbie game. Yes. Like together. It's like one that we break out every couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Is Catan the one that Ben Wyatt plays in Parks and Rec? Yes, and gets Longest Road. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. I all and the funny part is I always play for Longest Road. Just you like are Ben Wyatt. I am Ben Wyatt, but unlike Ben Wyatt, every every time my strategy is Longest Road. I think I'm going to get the Longest Road. I think I'm going to win it. And you don't. I'm so bad at Catan. 